0: Here we are.
1: Yeah, kind. Oh. Of. I spelled my my I didn't log in. I forgot to log in, so I'm DJ Madden. Missing.
0: Yes, yes, you are. I didn't realize that's something you had to spell out every time.
1: No, I don't. But I wasn't logged into Anchor because the app is stupid. And I mean, I they're I'm depressed. I'm depressed now. So let's just get into the episode.
0: They're the only ones that actually have ad space on our show, so they're a fine company. And uh, not to mention, we can't do the show without them, so we love Anchor, okay? Uh,
1: you love Anchor. I don't love Anchor. I'm fine <laughs> saying that. I'm, remember, I'm, I'm, I'm DJ Madman, so...
0: Uh-huh. Well, anyway, we're talking about The Good Place today. Uh, we're on Season 1, Episode 7, called The Eternal Shriek. Uh, and I'll give our rundown of the episode. It's actually a pretty straightforward episode. Um, we left off with Michael re- thinking that he was the problem with the neighborhood. And uh, Eleanor is pretty stoked about this uh, result because Michael says he's going to go into retirement. Um, Tahani throws him a retirement party. And, and she's like, you can't like lie. You have to tell him the truth. And Eleanor's like, no, like, it's a chill retirement. It's all cool. But at the party, we find out that retirement for a being like Michael is something called the eternal shriek. I'll try and get all the um, details right. Um, Let me think. So it starts with flaming ladles being scooped down your throat and taking out your very essence. And then every molecule of your body is then placed on a different uh, surface of a sun. At that point, whatever's left of your body is tied by your genitals and beaten continuously forever with titanium rods, much like a pinata. So that's the eternal freak. And um, Eleanor's like, oh man, it was so close. We could have had everything without having to work for it. And Chidi once again says, you, you got to tell the truth. You can't lie. But Michael does point out to do retirement, he has to. Um, take a train out of the neighborhood, and only Janet can use the train. So Eleanor gets the idea, after asking Janet, uh, to kill her, basically. So they go to a special button in the neighborhood, and um, through – I won't even get into the whole details, but basically Cheedy ends up hitting the button to kill Janet. It's important that it's Cheedy later.
1: Um, Even though Jason is, like, very – doesn't realize what's happening, but he's like, ooh, pretty button, hit.
0: Yeah. The, the way they do it is that no one's in – no one's culpable, really. Jason doesn't know what the button is, and it's just Jason. So he's like, ooh, a button. I'm going to push this. And uh, Cheedy to try and stop him, like runs over but stumbles and hits the button by accident. Then um, Janet's uh, – there's a giant <laughs> – billboard of janet sky that says attention i have been murdered over and over again so it's not like they get away with it scot three and then the next thing we see is a funeral for janet where she actually pops back up because as you might have been able to figure out janet's can't die she even says it several times what that happens is basically a reboot so she has to reabsorb all the information in the universe uh which will continue for the next couple episodes and Michael postpones his retirement to figure out what happened to Janet. So, um, so everything's good with Eleanor. She's like, yeah, we did it. Woo. But this whole time is interlaced with backstories of Cheaty having told a white lie to a work colleague that he liked this guy's cowboy boots And he kept that lie going for three years, even though it tortured him um, until the guy almost dies from surgery. But he says the boots are the only thing that brings him comfort. So after the surgery, she's like, oh, my God, I've always hated your boots. I'm sorry I said it, but I always hated those boots. And he feels better finally. So that's the level of, like, lie Chidi can't live with. So he is at this point being asked to cover up for murder. And it's literally you can see him, like, I, I use the word, like, implode. Like It's like he's, like, trying to cave in on himself, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, they're all at this meeting, and Michael's, ta- like, saying, if anybody knows anything, please say something. And at that point, Eleanor stands up and says, um, I am the problem with the neighborhood. I was sent to the good place by mistake. Shock from Michael. She did it to save Chidi, and she said, I love you, man. Before she does it, that'll be important later. Um, But yeah, that's it. So that's where we leave off. Michael's shocked, and Eleanor has confessed to everybody that she should not be in a good place. So
1: It only took seven episodes. That's not that long.
0: No, like, it it moves quite long, because there's only, like, forget me, I said 50-something in the entire series. So it doesn't last very long um, as far as, like, getting to the next point. But um but yeah, there you go. So uh, did I miss anything about the summary before we get into the the moral of our story as the Wheel of morality would have put it?
1: I don't it's not you missed, but I only thing was like stretch it out is both times because they make the comparison like both Michael and his other philosophy professor like do like the you know, if anyone has anything like please don't hold their peace. So at both times, it's like he mm-hmm. gets this final chance to be like, hey, you know, it's like basically they're they're both egging him on without realizing it. Well, one is without right. realizing it. Like if you ever have something to tell me, and I think that's really why he has to implode. If that guilt right. part wasn't there either time, I don't know if the implosion would be as intense.
0: Yeah, Which I think is important right. to Chidi. Yeah, I think it's more. It's also well for several reasons. It's much more impactful in the the good place example because he's dealing with a murder instead of just a white lie about somebody's boots. Um, But the other part of it is that, and you have to remember this about Cheedy is that he gave his word to Eleanor that he would never do anything to betray her. And that is equal to him. Well, It's equal in his mind to uh, lying about anything. So now he's fighting against himself. That's what's causing the problem is that he can't keep one word without breaking the other and that's what's going to drive him insane and that's why eleanor has to step up and do the right thing because if she doesn't she there's i don't even know what would happen it's like his psyche as a character is so wound up in always telling the truth that like i can imagine it like psychologically breaking him if he doesn't find like get way out of it somehow um yeah, so, like it, it sounds weird to say, but like for that character, the way they built him, that seems about mm-hmm. the level we're talking about for him. But yeah, so the thesis of the whole episode, and I love, I know he didn't like this, but I really love that line, is an old Mandarin saying, Lies are like tigers, they are bad. <laughs> I love that cheating line. But that's basically the point is like, all lies are bad. And that is Cheaty's thought. And that's sort of the thesis of the whole episode. What it, Where's that line? Um, And that's, you know, I think what we're going to talk about, but you were going to say something.
1: (laughs) Uh, So just because, like, to kind of go back to that compulsion, uh, it would be Mm -hmm. kind of a spoiler alert, but not really, is um, there's a movie called Knives Out where there's a character who Mm -hmm. basically is involved in a murder. But one of the things that makes the character unique and why she, like, ends up being, like, the housemaid for these people is Mm -hmm. she can't lie because if she tells a lie, she will then immediately get sick and throw up. So, like, kind of in the same example is, like, Chidi is more like the – instead of nauseous, it's more like he just, like, compulsion to, like, tell the truth. So, it's, like, the same idea where he can't hold in a lie because it's part of, like, kind of how he's built. So, it's the same thing. Like, that character is kind of another way, kind of another character like Chidi where basically part of who they are is not only can they not tell lies, if they are forced to tell a lie – it will come out of them in a visceral, guttural way.
0: Right. So, yeah, no, that then, yeah, definitely the same thing. And actually, it's interesting that example has the person throwing up because the co- thing that she is constantly complaining about when he's in like moral distress is a stomachache. So, it's interesting that you said that. Um, so, yeah, I think, the, like I said, I think the lie is the point. So, I think the easiest way to do this is sort of just kind of define where we would draw the line. Because I don't think any person really can be a cheaty. Maybe there are some people out there, but it feels very impossible to live in the world and be like that. Um, so it'd be easier to just look at the boots. Like, how do you feel about the white lies of social nicety? of Like, oh, man, your boots look good, knowing that they're horrible. Like, are you OK with those lies? Do you feel bad when you do them? Um, how, how does it work for you and your brain?
1: Hmm, okay, so good proposition. So like for white lies, I think there's a use for them. So like you know if I if you put you know put a gun to my head and said white lies, good or bad, I would say good that they that there's a time to use them
0: <laughs>
1: I, I can not think of like specific examples um, right outside of like actually really dark things. so like even to, or even like smaller things. So like lies, well, the, the only thing is to it defining a lie. Like if you lie, but you eventually tell someone is that it's still a lie. Like, so like adoption, right. Or like right. if a kid, a kid was born on accident, like holding in that information may be a lie, but as long as instead of it being discovered, the person, you know, takes that information out at some point. Right. Um, but I still think then it goes back to the guilt thing is like, If the lie is consistent and they don't ever, you know, adjust or address it, then I would say it's more bad. But going back to like overall white lies, yeah, like they do have a purpose sometimes. They are not like tigers. I don't think they're always bad.
0: Right. So like in Chidi's example, the longer it goes, the fact that like he has several attempts or chances he could say something because one of the things is the guy buys him his own pair of boots and at that point he doesn't say like, oh, no, these aren't for me. Um, But it only finally gives in after the guy almost dies. Um, And at that point it's not even – that there's a selfishness to it because it's not even like he's Mm -hmm. saying it because it's doing anything. He's saying it because he can't live with it. Like the boots make the guy happy to an extent that I can't imagine. I can't imagine being in a 50-50 medical chance and boots bringing me comfort. But he literally says that and Chidi still can't be like, oh no, this white lie means something good. So I think you're right in that there is definitely a time. And I think that example is definitely an example of the why, even though it starts off as like a, Neutral lie. By the time you get to that point, no, it's it's a good white lie that should be protected because it is in this dark hour, helping this man feel better. Um, can I
1: can I give like one more relatable example because it's the same. Yeah. In the movie, The Majestic. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever heard of it or seen it. Basically, it. Seen a it. character uh, is not having a good life. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's basically a movie director. He's a kind of like a low-level movie director, not doing well. One thing leads to another, he gets into an accident, ends up in a different town. And (laughs) the main part of the story is he has amnesia because he got hit really hard, so he doesn't know who he is. The town thinks it's somebody who, you know, a completely different person and, you know, reunites with his family. (laughs) One of the scenes that kind of goes back to this is his father is, you know, the town and people. some people in the town start to kind of figure out that the person that he is not who they think he is. But right. the father is very close to and on his deathbed. And like there's basically a chance, kind of like cheaty where it's like the, the last minute, he had a chance to say something. And he right. said no, because he would rather let that man die in peace than his right. last thought be, you know, you've been living your lie. I'm not your son. You know, all of those kind of negative thoughts.
0: Right. That that's a good example. I actually had one that I just came across today on social media. That I hope this is something someone made up because if someone's actually living this life, it's sad on a level I can't even fathom. Um, it was a post. It was supposed to be from Reddit where a guy talked about he was an identical twin. When he was like, let's say seven or eight, he he and his twin decided to switch places, and because their parents weren't attentive, like one was an alcoholic and one um, just. Didn't pay enough attention. They got away with it really well. They just they changed some mannerisms, and like no one knew. Well, one of the brothers, not the guy writing obviously, but one of the brothers got hit by a car on his bike, and he, when his brother found out, he went home and went back and slept. Tried to sleep in his own bed, the one that wasn't his brother's bed, and his mother yelled at him for getting into his brother's bed. You get me. And later he heard his mother say, it's a good thing that the son that died died and not the good one that like, like is a better child. So the idea by the end of it is that he's now a grown adult who's using his dead brother's paperwork. And there's a gravestone with his name on it, but he can't tell anyone that he is, that he is who he is. So, it's so weird that I'm, like I said, I hope to God it's not true, but that's another, like, example of the same thing. It's like, because I, in that situation, I don't even know who he's really protecting at that point, but he feels like he can't tell the truth. Um, so that's another weird example of a place where I'd be like, Nah, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and tell the truth about this. And nope, that's, that's me. Um, sorry, we tricked you. Oops. <laughs> but hmm. but yeah, Um, So I think both those examples are like, okay, no, the line's somewhere before that. I can see why you keep it, but it's got to be somewhere around there. Um, For me, obviously, white lies are okay Um, most of the time. I don't really see a problem with it. The only time white lies become a problem for me is when people start making life decisions that are going to affect them negatively based on the white lie. Um, there are times when that can still work out where the white lie gives the person confidence to do something that they've never done uh, and it actually works out for them. That's great. And there are stories like that, but a lot of times it could lead to people doing stuff they're not prepared for. And when failure comes it's even worse because they believe what you've told them. Um, But I think those are rare generally. And I think most people know when they're, when they're telling that kind of lie uh, as far as like the the next the lie in the show about lying about murdering, not like murdering in general. Murdering Janet is very specific because Janet is not a living person. She says so very often. She cannot really die, but she does have an existence and a consciousness, and um, a life, as she says. So, like I think at the, at that point, what becomes the problem is not the the idea of lying—it's more about the motivation that leads you to the action that you're lying about. The fact that the motivation is completely selfish means that the lie can never be good. But, like, let's say that um, Janet was going to hurt somebody, and you could stop it by doing that—is that okay? That—that that, I think is the more interesting moral question. Is like, where do, where's that line for something big like murder? Because I think there is a line where lying about it is okay. Um, I don't know. Like, do you have a, a general idea of like where you would put that line for murder?
1: <laughs> See, that's what I'm trying to find. Because like I have other like examples, like a historical example, and mm-hmm. I also bring back from a movie um, is the basically end of, and that goes back to it's. It's funny that they did the whole the ends justify the means thing, mm-hmm. because one of the weird examples is. Um, uh in the movie where basically uh the true story where like the guy built the computer before the computer and was able to translate like um german um telegrams during world war ii
0: yes yeah so
1: one of the things in the story which i found out actually to also to be true because there's like um writings about it one of the people that was like helpful in that you know is really excited and he's like oh you know we can tell people ahead of time and, you know, one of those mm-hmm. things specifically because he knows his brother is in the Navy and he's on one of the ships that is about to be attacked. Right. So basically um, the main character basically says, no, 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 like you can't tell that because basically if we show our hand too soon, then this potentially, you know, good thing for us um, would be waste. So that kind of keeping a lie is like, if his brother and same thing too, like his brother did ask him, like, you know, if there's ways that you could, you know, not withhold information that potentially could save a loved one's life, but Mm -hmm. like for the greater good, that would be difficult. So that's something on like my level. So one, I think white lies, there is like a weightedness to them. Kind of go back to your example. It's like, if the white lie is a soft, (laughs) is a soft white lie, where, you know, you're just trying to not hurt someone's feelings or, you know, kind of the other example of, like, why punish someone moments before death kind of a thing, Um, then that's fine. But, like, going back to this example, and I think that's the point of it is it's a lie that keeps encouraging other lies. So because, like, going back to, like, Eleanor's character of, you know, basically why she wants to do this other harmful thing is basically to protect the initial lie and ultimately herself. Um, So it kind of comes down to how much the lie truly affects yourself. So going back to Chidi of like his personal problems Um, Mm -hmm. and then also like how much it's going to hurt other people. So that's a very like long-winded answer. But at the same point, like, kind of going back to like the justification of like the ends can just, even though I usually don't like that phrase, it's right. like I can find examples of things that in, in a certain moment I will go back to the adoption thing. You know, if you still have a way to write that at some point
0: <laughs>
1: or same thing, you know, like that um, doesn't ultimately lead to inner things. Cause part of the other thing with white lies, like, is if you don't end up feeling guilty about it, then it's, you know, not that harmful in a general right. sense, unless you're like narcissistic or something. But um, overall speaking, you know, if it's something that doesn't weigh on you and you're ultimately it for a good.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's kind of the long winded, but then I'm also trying to think of like not devil's advocate, but like right. the example of a cheaty. and you said you've never met people. And I remember like, One of our philosophy professors actually had, one of his mentors was like that, where he still found ways to answer questions truthfully, even if they weren't, or like he, well, other people had to problem solve so that he didn't lie. So that's the other thing, is it goes being selfish, is like, if your honesty is directly challenging other people's lives, that also could be a bad thing.
0: Right, that's true. Um, I do want to circle back before we go further into the axis because I have I have a nerdy example that's a go lot on. like your real world example that they must have taken it from. So, in Knights of the Old Republic, the video game which I've mentioned before and will mention many times in my life, um, so there's Star a part.
1: Wars game for the people that don't know.
0: Yes, yeah, Star Wars. There's a part where you you have to talk to this ancient computer and wants to give you. Uh, get specific answers to prove you are who you're supposed to be. And one of the examples it gives is you are the ruler of an empire. You get intelligence that your enemy will attack a weak point in your line. Um, like will destroy the city in three days, but in five days, a weak point, their line will be um like vulnerable. So what do you do? The answer it wants, because it's a dark side thing is you do nothing for the city. You just, you exploit their weakness. One of the things you can do in that conversation is then say, it's not about the fact that um, it's not the tactical victory. The reason that I'm doing this is because um, basically by ending the war quicker, I'm saving more lives. So what the computer then does is, okay, let's recalculate this and says, take out the, um, the threat at all. You get an, a, an attack from outside. Your empire is prosperous. The enemy is not really a threat. What do you do? The answer it wants you to give is you still do nothing because then you can galvanize your population under you against this common enemy. And, <laughs> And so, like, that's the dark side way of getting through this conversation. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. I, but it's the same example in the beginning of, like, the don't protect the city in three days, attack the um, Empire in five days. And there is a good moral reason for doing it and yes you will end the war quicker and save lives um but i just i love the fact that the game's like okay fine let's take it even darker because we want you to do dark side things if you're going to do this this way the other option by the way is to fight some robots and so so you don't have to be a dick to get through that part of the game but i i had to say it because i'm like oh my god that's too close to star wars the republic for me um Okay. Yeah. Sorry. That, that's really just it had nothing. It has something to do with what you said, but it has nothing to do with helping the argument because it's the same argument. <laughs> so I had to explain it. Um, okay. So as far as like lies in general, as far as like how they hurt people or your own honesty hurts people. It's, yeah. It's one of those things like, because that is, I understand. And I'm glad that you have a real world example. Cause I, I've never seen it. I understand that it is technically possible, but I've just never seen somebody that is so, and maybe this is just the, the kind of people I've been around, but is so bent on the truth that they can't like tell when it's time to lie. Um, I don't know, but I'm glad I mean, so that you have a real part example. Of pro-
1: though. <laughs> part of the proposition though, is mm-hmm. what to, for people that commit to that, they mm-hmm. don't, even if someone goes towards the proposition they don't entertain it at all so part of that thing is like you know will you tell a white lie me for me you back to say like all i do is tell the truth so i'm not going to talk to you right. like that's basically how and that's the only thing that can be like very isolating is right. you know what people want to do people ultimately want people to do favors for them and trust them and right If you say, based on my higher principles, no matter how egotistical that sounds, um, Mm -hmm. based on my higher principles, I cannot, some people will take offense to that. Oh, I have another real life example. So, um, in the very, very clear, easy way. So, I worked somewhere where you had to clock in and clock out Right. my coworkers. We were technically in the same level, but for this purpose and for out explaining it, I was technically his superior. So I did Mm -hmm. have more authority over him. So I knew ahead of time this day that he was late. He um, basically, I called him to try to figure out like um, what was going on or if he needed a ride or something. And he had to punch in. He basically didn't punch in on time and he over while asked me basically like, would you lie for me? And what he wouldn't let me explain is I said, no, I will not lie for you. However, if someone asks me, I will simply say, I don't know. Okay. So that's kind of like an abstain. That's an abstain. Like, will you lie for me? No, but, you know, will you actively, you know, blame me or, you know, relay information that's going to harm me? No.
0: Yeah, so like, yeah, it's a lie of omission. Basically, you're willing to not, oh, now just say a falsehood, but you're willing to say, um, yeah, that you don't know that it's, uh, so that you're not lying, but you know, you are. But it's again a lie of omission. Yeah, it makes sense. Or well, so um,
1: not 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 even omission, but like going back to one of the other weird sci-fi examples is literally just not saying anything, not saying mm-hmm. one way or the other, not making a choice. People have a right to make a choice, even if that choice is by not omission, but abstaining.
0: Right. That's true. There's a reason we have the fifth amendment. Um, um, actually. And one of the examples that the show gives is a real life person who you love so much is Kant himself. Um, like cheaty That's, because as we've discussed, Chidi's loves Kant to no end, and says that Kant says the line is wrong no matter what. Which, which, by the way, I'm assuming based on the amount of work that they do about philosophers I know about that it's true. I actually don't remember reading Kant's. I think I, I I'm sure I did, but it's not one that like clicked in my head the same way. So like I assume that they're getting this right. But the way his girlfriend responds is that Kant was a miserable hermit with no friends that lived alone. And I think the idea is that. To live in society, it, you have to be willing to lie at least some of the time, um, if only to soften the edges when you're coming up against other people. And while I don't think that's a hundred percent true, um, it definitely—I I don't think there's any doubt that life becomes much more difficult for yourself and others around you if yeah. you are completely rigid. Um, there's actually a good uh, again sci-fi example but this goes back to something we've actually done on this, one of the podcasts for this network there's an episode of Voyager where Tuvok is teaching some kids and well cadets, he's teaching them basically they're Maquis trying to make them more Starfleet and Neelix gives them an example of this plant which if it dries out it breaks but if it's wet, it's basically unbreakable because it can bend. So, uh, like I think that's really the the metaphor there is that you have to be able to bend, or you're just going to break. Like Chidi was going to not to bring it all around in a nice little bow, but Chidi was going to break in that uh, last scene in the crowd because he wasn't flexible. He couldn't bend at all. So rigidity is not a good thing, especially when you're dealing with other people. Um, I like how that all came around though. That I didn't even plan that. That just that just happened. That's nice. So well, but yeah. then back
1: to like the material, right? The whole thing, why Chidi, like the hard thing of why I can't relate to this, partly because of Chidi's character, is like mm-hmm. he won't bend because of his like basically inner workings, because he mm-hmm. makes a bigger problem. Like he feels guilty. Like just going back to like other like inner personal stuff is like he has some other crap he needs to work out. Like Mm -hmm. he's not a healthy human being. He lives in a way that, you know, with going back to the stress level, like a lot of it is on him and he won't acknowledge that. Yeah. Like, so like it's hard in that kind of relation because going back to like the whole lie thing of even two. like, so the hard thing is I get that there's like two lies, but he says he's not willing to lie, but like he's, because of the initial consequent, like of like kind of going back to the omission thing, he's willing to take steps. It's just how direct, you know, it makes him feel guilty. So, like, even with the Eleanor stuff, like he kind of, you know, batted an eye, like, I have a problem. I have a problem. Okay, fine. You're not a terrible, terrible 100 person all the time. I will keep the secret for you. And that's the other right. thing we didn't talk about at all is like, Keeping secrets are technically lies, so that would go under the white lie thing for me. And that's an important mm-hmm. white lie.
0: Yeah, they do talk about secrets later, and he does like um expound his thoughts on them that secrets are okay as long as they don't uh harm the person that you're keeping them from. Um that that's like the I don't uh, like they I don't, don't like really that talk, example. <laughs> yeah, no, that's like um they, yeah, we'll get to that episode eventually, but there is an episode where there's a secret involved, and, he's like, and he tells Eleanor secrets are okay as long as they don't harm the person. Um, they're not actually doing harm. Um, but, like, we can discuss that when we get to it. It's just, But that is an interesting thing, because you're right. In a way, a secret is a lie, but he does, he's okay with secrets, as we're going to see later. And mm-hmm. uh, you've also hit on it because, like, all of our humans in this uh, series have to go through spiritual growth. Chidi's is definitely about his rigidity in um, his moral code. and um, we'll see how he gets to where he needs to be to be a complete person throughout the whole series. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I don't really I think we've really dove down. So our final thing is that lying well, not always bad, neither are tigers as long as you don't try and fuck with the tiger so um, let's see what were we doing I'm just trying to think so when this comes out uh, yesterday we would have done Chaos Everywhere it's actually going to be an interesting episode Uh, myself and Artie Weiss are going to be watching um, WCW Thunder from June I forget what the exact date is it's like the middle of June of 1998 the reason we're doing this very random episode is because this episode took place in Buffalo New York and was the idea where that
1: is
0: (laughs) exactly but uh, somehow i found my way there at a certain age to see my very first wrestling show so i have not seen the show since i was 10 years old um i have two memories of seeing it i remember some like flashes of it live and i also remember somehow catching it on terrestrial tv after like oh like a week when it aired I, and which is amazing because if you know anything about WCW, it was on TBS. I have no idea how my terrestrial antenna happened to have thunder on it at some point. Um, but I do remember watching it, so the I haven't seen God's blessed you, yeah, pretty much. And now we're gonna um, go back to it and watch it. And we'll, I don't know, I, I honestly don't know what to expect. I don't, it's actually an interesting one to watch because it's the last episode. Of TV before pay per view, and those are usually pretty good because they have to build everything oh, up that's going to happen. Yeah. On the so I'm excited to watch it. Uh, Monday would have been Voyager. It's the episode where we meet the caretaker's uh, partner, mate, whatever. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty good episode of Voyager. Um, um, I don't know. Like, we'll talk about it. But it's like, it's one of those episodes where it's like, that could have been a lot more to the series considering the caretakers, the whole reason that they're in the Delta Quadrant. And it's literally a one-off episode that's never discussed again. But, I but, kind of love
1: stuff like that though. If they leave it gray, like it could have been this whole thing. And they're just like, nope, we're going to leave this as is.
0: Yeah. Like they, now—like ne- it might've been even better for like the lore of the show like, nope, they never found her. That was just something that they threw in at the beginning and never bothered to mention. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about the episode when we do it. Um, next week will be Chaos at Ringside and uh, then uh, the second part of Deep Space Nine, where it is I forget what the hell it's called. Paradise Lost, I think, is the name of the episode. It's the second part of the Hello, two part of the game. John
1: Stuart Mills.
0: At some point, they talk about Paradise Lost in a good place. We'll get to that. So, <laughs> oh, So much philosophy in this show. But yeah, I hope everybody joins us for that. Um, just in general. Uh, I've stopped promoting Twitter because it's a dumpster fire, and I don't really want to promote fires anymore.
1: Fun, chaos, <laughs> madman, crazy stuff. I,
0: I like dumpster fires that don't smell so much like human uh, feces. But um, I, did, I did hear something interesting that has led me to... I'm going to keep our Twitter accounts active because... Apparently, if you have a Twitter account and then you don't use, like, if you delete it after 30 days, your handle becomes up for grabs. So uh,
1: like game, essentially, right? So
0: I which at our level is not a big deal. But at the same time, it's like, well, let's say we keep doing this. And let's say in like five years, we actually do get some success. And we let Chaos Pod Show go because Twitter is currently, you know, hellscape um i would feel stupid for that so i'm just gonna leave it up but if you really want to follow us on social media follow me at last gilchrist on tiktok i'm still doing a lot there you can search chaos everywhere on facebook um like we're getting likes from the 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 reels which are the tiktoks on facebook which is nice yeah just send a like and then you can get updates there also you can always write the show at cast pod show at gmail with any suggestions you know concerns comments whatever um i do try and check it pretty often um i honestly have to remind myself because we don't get a lot of emails obviously or i would be probably talking up the more
1: except for egypt we're just overloaded with egypt emails Yeah, but it takes a long time
0: for the Google Translate to, you know, get me to see what those are. So true. (laughs) But, yeah, but so, but I do try and check it. And if you want to know anything, I will personally answer because I don't have a lot else to do except for record more podcasts. So, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed the episode. And, uh, yeah, join us. If you haven't listened to Wednesday, go back and uh, join us next uh, Monday and uh, Wednesday for more chaos in your life. So I think that's
1: about it. Go ahead. Stay Tigers out there.
0: Okay. That was a good one. Have a good night, everybody.